0: You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. talked about his life, and uh, Lloyd Bradshaw was a minor for 30-plus years, minor boss, worked underground. I knew him underground, and uh, pretty rough guy. And uh, he ended up, um, through a lot of adversity, uh, coming to a place in his life after he watched uh, the movie The Greatest Story Ever Told. Watched that movie, felt a lot of heart pain, a lot of issues in his Uh, in his body that night and he really thought this was the end of his life and and he uh he made it through the night uh how many of us have said thank god i made it through the night maybe have gone through some difficulty and next morning uh he heard a still small voice that said get up and move and he got up and he uh started to get around and he said okay uh uh, he, he, then he went to have breakfast at his place where he has breakfast there in Samuel Every morning goes to the same place and uh, at breakfast he heard a still small voice in, that said go to church and uh, he was like I haven't been to church in 40 years so he ended up going to church came to Living Word Chapel and uh, gave his life to Jesus Christ and from that he became a different person and I I wanted for you guys to hear that um, because every one of us in here, we have a story, but every person is a story. We all, are, our, our lives are being written out and through the pages in heaven and even through the pages here on earth as we remember people and their lives, uh, challenges and difficulties. And so that's what I've been talking about. I've been talking about adversity and uh, uh Adversity and challenges are daily opportunities that present us the ability to trust in the one that is greater than any trial we will face. Challenges, adversity, they're opportunities for us to trust in the one that's greater than whatever we're facing and I've been talking about themes and how we face adversity with themes in the Bible. I, I, the first uh, building block, let's call it the building block number one, that is that God is faithful. God is faithful. If you, if you find out that fact and you re- really internalize it, then it'll change your perspective of life because you find that you're not going through life alone. Sean, today you made a profession of faith before people and you got baptized, you died with Christ. You were buried with Christ in baptism and you rose with Christ out of the water into newness of life. He's faithful from this day forward, you're going to find. And so because he's faithful, we can have faith. So building block number two is we can have faith in one who's faithful. Now we all have faith. Every person sitting here, you have faith in something. And over the years, over the months, over the days, you will find out how faithful that object is that you're putting your trust in. Amen? You can listen to the podcast if you didn't hear that part. So faith is an important element. Another building block. And because we can have faith and God is faithful, we trust, but we also obey. That's what we talked about last week. Obedience is important as well. And so as you begin to have faith and you trust God, then you begin to do the things God calls us to do. If you don't obey God, you'll run from the things of God. And you'll run to the things of the world and you'll live a life of fear or anger or or, or or malicious or all kinds of different elements can come in. But if you're obedient to God, he will change your heart. He'll change you from the inside out. He begins to do those things. And then today I'm going to talk about not only do are we obedient, but in that obedience, God will establish us. He'll, he'll, he'll put a good foundation on us. We have had some amazing uh, monsoon storms in the past, maybe three weeks. In fact, flood. We had flooding in in this area, and what I know for sure is that this building is is on a very good foundation, and the storm's not gonna not gonna blow it away. It's not gonna. The, the waters are not gonna take it away because it has a, a good foundation. God wants for us to have a good foundation as well. He wants to establish us. And then next week, I'm going to talk about He wants to also enlarge us. But Pastor, I thought we were doing the Daniel plan. How are we going to enlarge if you want us to... Large and in charge, Jeff, okay? Uh, No, He wants to expand us. He wants for us to make more of a difference in this world than what we're making without Him. Amen? So the way that He expands us and and enlarges us is by us trusting Him, being established in Him, and being salt and light into a world that is very, very flavorless and a world that's very dark. And Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth and you're the light of the world. And so He wants to enlarge us. Um, But today we're going to talk about being established and how important that is. I love the way that Dr. Charles Stanley put it. He said this, There is only one secure foundation. A genuine, deep relationship with Jesus Christ. And I love that he put deep, because roots are deep. Deep relationship with Jesus Christ, which will carry you through any and all turmoil. No matter what storms are raging all around, you'll stand firm if you stand on His love. And here's the thing, God doesn't hate you. He's not angry with you. He loves you. He wants to pour His love, His His faithfulness into our lives. And we have to receive that. So we're going to go to a scripture text in Jeremiah chapter 17. That's going to be our foundational text for today. And then from that, I have uh, 10 uh, different uh, people of faith from the Bible, that are going to help us see how you get established in Christ. But before I go to the scripture, I want to pray. Father, thank you for second service. Thank you for every person that's here, Lord God. You've brought us here together, and and we've come together for one reason. That's to worship Jesus. And because of that, Lord God, we believe that you're here in in our midst. It says in the word that where two or three are gathered, you are there with us. And so we welcome you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you as I speak, as the message that I prepared. I pray you give me clarity, that I will speak very intelligible, Lord God, that every listener will be able to open up their minds and reason these words out and open up their hearts and receive them if they're for, for, for them, Lord God. So we pray this in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. So we're going to Jeremiah 17, uh, verses 7 and 8. And what you find there is that Jeremiah, he, he says this, he says, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees that are planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Now notice how that correlates with what Dr. Stanley said. Dr. Stanley said that if we trust in the Lord and we're deeply founded on Him that it doesn't matter what storm will come we're going to be able to prevail. That's exactly what Jeremiah said. He's saying you're going to be like a tree that's planted along the riverbank, and your roots are going to be deep. They're going to reach into the water that's wherever location it is. Such trees are are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. That's called adversity. The heat that comes upon us. It's adversity. It's challenges. Um, uh, the, the The worries of this world. And it says their leaves will stay green and they never stop producing fruit. In other words, you're not a fruit tree that will only be seasonal. A child of God will always produce fruit. It doesn't matter what we're going through. Have you ever been around people that when things are going good, things are good in their life and there's fruit coming out, but when things go bad, they're blaming God. They're they're, they're blaming other people. They're, They're mad and things like that. That's not what God intends. He wants for you to be grounded. He wants for you to be rooted. He wants for you to stand in His goodness in His faithfulness, in His love. Because here's the thing, beloved, difficult times will come into our lives. Some things that come into our lives are life-shattering. They are—they they hit you and you don't even know how you're going to overcome it. You don't even know how you're going to sustain it. You don't even know how you're going to make it through the day. But if you're planted in Christ, you'll make it because God is your foundation. Amen? I put this down. Adversity allows us to develop confidence in the God who sustains us through life's greatest challenges. Adversity is an opportunity for us to trust Not only trust, but be confident that God is going to get us through. The Bible teaches us that we are blessed when our trust is in God because faith in Him will develop a confidence and a living hope. Amen? Amen. Not a dead hope. Here's the thing. I've been preaching week after week, and there's people that come in. They'll come in, you know, sporadically. There's some people that come in for the first time. So I preached the sermon this morning. And, so, you know, you preach a message and you don't know what's going to happen. I know that God's word is, is penetrating hearts. He's doing something, but in our natural, we don't see all that. And so I walk to the back. We're talking about having confidence in God. Walk to the back. I'm sitting there. I'm going to greet everybody as they walk out. And this young girl, probably in her early uh, 30s, maybe late 20s, walks up to me. She says, please pray for me, Pastor. I say, sure, I'll pray for you. What are we praying for? She said, um going to get rid of certain things in my life, and I'm going to embrace the things of God. Now, let me tell you something, beloved. That's the work of Jesus. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. But we have to trust that God is bigger than any obstacle that we're facing. You see, some of you are facing some huge obstacles in your life. You're facing some things that are way beyond your ability, but you need to be established in Christ. You need to be founded in God. You need to stand in that and you'll be able to overcome. So as we, uh, as we look at that, I have ten examples of men and women of faith who were established through adversity. And, and what I love about the Bible is that the people in the Bible are no different than us. The only thing that changes in people are our clothes. Our choners. And everything else. Because back then, in that day, they were tunics. Amen? But they were still people. They still had the same problems. And when you read your Bibles, don't ever read your Bible saying, I want to be like this person. I want to be like this person. You want to be like God, like Christ. You, wanna, you want Christ to become who you, who you em- emunate, uh and who you follow, right? Emulate, emulate, that's not a word. And so as you begin to follow Christ, you emulate Him in His ways. Every person in the Bible had challenges just like us, okay? Um, The first person I want to talk about that faced immense adversity was a guy by the name of Noah. Noah. And the Bible tells us that he was a righteous man, he was blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. And what, what stands out to me is that, that He walked with God, and time you walk with God, God will build you up, He'll strengthen you so that you'll be able to overcome the trials that you have. If you don't walk with God, then you will not be able to face the trials. You'll, try to, you'll have to, not try, you'll have to depend on something else. There's a commercial that says, Depends. You, they, they have to depend on something. Amen? I rather depend on God. No, I'm not saying don't... If you need depends, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I may need them one of these days, you know? Come, Lord. Please come quickly. So he faced adversity living in a world that was plagued by sin. It was plagued by immorality. And in fact, the Bible says that the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. All the people were corrupt in all of their ways. Now, think about this, beloved, because when you turn on the television and you turn on the news, how much negativity is on the news? How much violence is on the news? Did you hear about this this terrorist group ISIS and how they cut they beheaded a, a journalist recently? There's violence. There's all. Have you have you thought about immorality that's all around us? But here's the thing that I know for sure is that most of us, if not all of us, came out of that life. We all fall short of the glory of God. Amen. And, and, and in that, what we find is that God, He, he brings us, and through all the different adversity that we're going to face, because when we start serving Jesus, you will face trials. You will face difficulties, because you're not like the world. I was talking to someone recently, and he said, you know, I'm having a real difficult time, you know, going through a a, a separation, and and a marital separation, and and he's, and he's just... Grabbed a hold of the Lord and, and working through that, but in, in that he says, "Look, look at what happened." He said, "This this woman sent me a, 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 a email or text or something like that," and he said, "Look," and and uh, I said, "Well, let me tell you what's going to happen when you when you start saying, you know what? Don't 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 try to contact me. They will stop contacting you, and you because the world's ways are different." Amen. Are you with me? I'm trying to just state some facts here. The world's ways are different. So Noah, God said, I want you to build a huge boat in the middle of the desert. And there was no rain. There was nothing. So Noah would probably scratched his head thinking, people are going to make fun of me. They're going to say all kinds of things about me. And they did. But he built that boat because he trusted God no matter what difficulty he would face. And the Bible says that Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. Now, in your adversity, in your difficulty, can I tell you this? Trust God and His ways instead of the world and its ways. Amen? The world will tell you you can't do it this way. God will say, I want you to do it this way, and I'm going to establish you as you do. The second person I want to talk about is a guy named Nehemiah. Dim the lights, please, real quick so they can see the effect of that wall because you can't see it with the lights. So Nehemiah, thank you, that looks a lot better. Nehemiah was called by God to go back into Jerusalem to build the temple wall. And uh, as he goes, the biggest challenge for Nehemiah, first of all, he was a cupbearer for Artaxerxes, the king. And so he was the only one that could get close to the king, a very, very, very prominent Position, And so the king gave him, gave him access and he gave him all the, uh, all the, the things he was going to need. He funded everything that to build the, 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 um, the wall. And so Nehemiah goes over there and as God is directing him and as he goes, people begin to mock him and say, you're not going to be able to build that wall. How are you guys going to do this? And Nehemiah says this to them. Go ahead and turn the lights on now, please. Nehemiah says, he says, I answered them by saying, and these are the naysayers. Think about this. We all have naysayers. There's been people in your life that have told you you're not going to be able to amount to nothing. Hmm? You've had people in your life that said you're not going to be able to accomplish this task. You're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to do this. In fact, some of us maybe had a parent that said you're not going to amount to nothing. But Nehemiah said, I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. Now just chew on that for a little bit. Chew on that. Because we all have naysayers. We all have people that will say, you can't do it. And you know what our response needs to be? The God of heaven. He will give us success. And then he won, he said, with his servants... Uh, we, his servants, will start rebuilding. How important is that, Jeff? How important is that? We, our servants, will start rebuilding. You know, Jeff came on this team, and he's going to incorporate uh, a greater capacity of small groups. And c- you know how we're going to do small groups? Is Jeff going to do small groups? No. We are going to do small groups, we're in this together. We're going to grow together. We're going to build uh, uh, kingdom work together. We're going to usher some bridge work so people can come to Jesus together. And you know who's going to give us success? Jeff. God working through Jeff. God working through Pastor Bob. See, Pastor Bob pastored for 50 plus years. But it it wasn't Pastor Bob. It was God working through him. And the success that Pastor Bob has... He points it to God. And the success that we have, we point it to God. It's all about God. God will give us success. And I love how Nehemiah says, he says, we're doing this together. See, Jeff wouldn't be Jeff without Tracy. She compliments him. She makes him better. Just like Shauna compliments me. I don't know what I do for her, but she compliments me. And we just embrace that. And, And he says... But as for you, and he talks to the naysayers, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. He stands up to his his naysayers and he said, you know what, you don't want this, you don't want to come and help build the wall, then I don't have any part with you. And it's the same with us. When we walk away from the world and we walk to God, if they mock you and they say, you're not going to make it, I know who you are, I know what you've been, say, see ya, and I wouldn't want to be ya. Amen? So the next person that I want to talk about is Job, Job. He was a man whose life, was, life and resolve was tested beyond imagination. He lost his children. Now, now Job was a very wealthy and very affluent individual. He was blessed by God. But here's the thing is that there is a battle going on that Job could not see. See, the Bible tells us that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people, but it's against principalities and powers in dark places. And so the devil would go and, and God would say to him, Have you seen my servant Job? Have you seen what an amazing man? Just like God says about you. No, the devil looks at you and he says, Look at him, he's no good for nothing. God says, Have you seen my servant? Have you seen my servant, James, Reese? Have you seen my servant, Isaac, Johnson? Have you seen my servant, whoever we are? And, 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 and the devil said, well, they're only serving you because you bless them. And, jo- and God, God had, this is, this is incredible. God put his trust in the faith of Job. And he said, you know what, devil? You can do whatever you want to my servant, and he won't curse me. Can I tell you that the devil's, he's, he's worked in people's lives, he's worked in your life, and he wants you to curse God. And so Job lost his family, all of his kids, lost all his money. He was, he was, um was, uh, a, a illness came on him he had boils all over him and his wife looked at him and said are you still holding on to your integrity are you still looking toward god she said curse god and die and job told her shall i curse god i mean shall i bless god when things are going good for me and curse god when things go bad And he teaches us that through adversity because he was grounded in God. That it doesn't matter what came his way. That he was going to trust in the ways of God. Let me tell you, beloved, the devil is trying to make you not believe in God and to curse God and to want to lose your life and all these different things. God wants to restore and give you a new life and a blessed life. Amen? But it comes through adversity. Job said in all this, or the Bible says in all this, Job did not sin by blaming God. The next person, one of my favorite heroes is Joseph. And Joseph, he was born with a blessing and a curse. He's a very good looking dude that could be a blessing that could be a curse. And I know most of us, you know, when we look in the mirror, we say, man, you're looking good, you know. But, but Joseph, it was actually true. <laughs> With us, we walk away, we see the mirror, say, ah, all right, you got it. If you say so, do you? So he was completely devoted to the Lord, even in times of injustice, betrayal, and temptation. You see, here's what Joseph's problem was, because he wasn't perfect. God gave him dreams, and he went and he boasted to his family, he boasted to his brothers. God said, you're going, someone's going to kneel to me. It's going to be you. He boasted to his dad that some, God showed me a dream, and I think you're going to kneel to me. And so from that, God allowed for things to happen in his life. Because here's the thing, when you're called, and some of you are called mightily in here, it comes with a price. And that price is is that we need to walk through life and things happen to us, and God wants to grow us up and establish us in that. And so as, as uh, his brothers hated him, and they put him in a pit, and they were going to kill him first. They put him in a pit, and then they sold him into slavery. So he went into slavery to into, into Egypt, and then he was, came under the, the care of Potiphar, this high official. Remember the, the blessing and the curse? Well, Joseph is blessed. He's He's a big dude, he muscles and, you know, looks good. And uh, Potiphar's wife goes, ay, 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 honey, you better go to work. You know, hang out with Joseph and said, Joseph, I got, I've got some work for you to do, right? And Joseph held on to his integrity. And he was grounded in that. And, and he would not violate Potiphar, but he wouldn't violate God. And lose the trust in God. And then from that, he, put, he was put in prison because she lied about him. And how many of you know that the devil will work and he'll lie against us? And he'll make us look bad. And, and he wants to do this in us. And so, so Joseph was put in prison. And in prison, God blessed him as well. But he was established. And you read through that. He, he was in prison and you can read through it in four seconds or four minutes if you're a slow reader. But it's four years that he was in the dungeon and he was being established and he found out this in the very end when he had his brothers and he said, I oh got my brothers. They came to ask for goods. He was a second in command in Egypt. He said, I got them now. And because he was established in Christ, in God, he offered them grace and he told them what you meant for harm, what you meant To harm me, it was actually meant for good by God. This is exactly what he said. He said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Can I tell you something, beloved? That the devil has done injustice to some of us. He's harmed us. He's done many things. People have hurt us. And what they meant for harm... God can always turn it around for good. Amen? The next person I want to talk about is Ruth. Ruth, she was a woman who left everything she had for something far greater than anything she could ever imagine. Her husband died, and her mother-in-law's husband died as well. Her mother-in-law was named Naomi. And as they passed away, Naomi said, Go to your people and go to your land and go to your gods. And I will go back to my people and my land and my gods. And Ruth says something that is so incredible that when you hold on to what she said and you implement it into your life, it will change the way that you live. She said, she said to her, Do not urge me to leave you or turn back from you. And then she said this, and hold on to this, Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. She said, where you go, I go. Where you stay, I'll stay. God, I'll go wherever you go. I'll stay wherever you stay. Think about that. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. God I will make you my God and in all that difficulty so she went back she didn't know anybody and she ended up marrying a guy named Boaz and Boaz and her had a son named Obed and Obed became the father of a dude named Jesse and Jesse became the father of a guy named David and David became the king of Israel but because Ruth, in her challenging time, said, where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay, it speaks to me. When God s- says something, I say, God, I will go where you want me to go. Wherever you go, I'll go, and where you stay, I'll stay. Amen? Why is that important? Because can I tell you, God, God is he enlarges you, you need, to, you need to be careful not to move ahead of God. I'll never forget this pilot. He's a colonel. The colonel in the military, and uh, uh, he was a, 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 an amazing pilot. Off, got offered a very, very prestigious position as he came out of the retirement. Know him real well. Went through. A, went to a men's retreat with us, and the Lord spoke to him because they offered him this huge monetary amount to take on this position, but it was going to take him away from his family. And he said, he said these words. Through the, I'm saying through God leading him, where you go, God, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. And so he, he denied that position with all the money that would take him away from his family, and he said, I'm going to trust God, and God placed him to train all the great pilots in our Air Force. And he's still there with his family, and not only that, but he has a Bible study that is filled with all these young men. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. God will speak to us through that. The next person I want to talk about, and i got to move fast, is Esther. Esther was a beautiful woman. And what I really want for us to grab a hold of with Esther is that she understood that God's time is not our time. And God raises us, she, God will raise us up for His reason and for His season. Hear me now. That's a profound statement. God will raise you up for His reason and His season. And so uh, the king Xerxes or Ahasuerus, his wife did not obey him, and so he said, "I nothing. You won't be queen anymore." He's a king of Persia. And so they brought all these virgins to him so he could pick out who was going to be his new queen. And so Mordecai who was the cousin of, of Esther, and actually raised her, he says, Esther, let's get you ready, because the king, is, he's looking for a queen, and you might be that queen. And as he got her ready, she went into the courts, and when uh, uh, King Xerxes saw her, he went, ooh la la, you're the one for me. So he married her. But there was more, it was greater than that. It was that there was a guy by the name of Haman. And Haman hated the Jews because Mordecai wouldn't bow to him. And so his plot was to destroy the Jews. And Mordecai went to Esther and told her, Esther, you need to do something because they're going to destroy us. And so let me read what he says because it's important. He says to her, for if you keep silent at this time, Relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. Now, he's telling her something important is for you. God will always raise someone up if we're disobedient. Okay? If you say, I'm not going to do it, God has someone that will do it. But then he says, but you and your father's family will perish. He said, they'll kill you, Esther. They're going to kill you. They're going to kill me. I'm. <laughs> They're going to kill me. He said, and who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. I grab a hold of that, and you know what I, what I think? God has raised me up to this position for such a time as this. God has, by his doing, not because I'm special or anything else, and I want you to incorporate this into your life, God by his doing has raised this person up for such a time as this because he knows that because of him we can reach people. Jeff, Tracy, Pastor Bob, Pastor Bob in in the days that he was preaching, God raised him up for such a time as that. Surely as you went to Africa, God raised you up for such a time as that. Brent and Michelle. God raised you up for such a time as this. J.J. Reese. God raised you up for such a time as this. But it does not come without adversity. It does not come without trials. And what you see from all these men and women. Esther. Esther. She went before the king without being announced and without him asking for her. That's... (coughs) Man, Shauna doesn't ask to come and see me. I wonder what's going on. (laughs) She went through the power of God and it saved her people. And they have a feast, the Feast of Purim. P-U-R-I-M. That's dedicated to that story and that truth. See how powerful that is? The Jews still have that feast today. The next person that I want to talk about is Daniel. Not Daniel Martinez. (laughs) He was in first service. He was a man whom God established and grounded with integrity and a passion for prayer. He prayed even when they told him not to pray. Hear me now. He prayed even when people said not to pray. And because he prayed, because he talked to God, it didn't matter what came his way. When they said, whoever prays to any other God except Nebuchadnezzar or to any other God except this idol that we have for you, they're going to be put in the lion's den. Guess what Daniel went and did? He went home to his upstairs room where the window opened toward Jerusalem and three times a day he got down on his knees and he prayed giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. And because of that, they put him in the lion's den. Because he trusted God and because God is faithful, those lions became kitty cats. And instead of eating him, they purred. And he went, Whoa, Fido. I don't know what you would call a lion. (laughs) Not Fido. That's a dog. The next guy is Elijah. Elijah, in and through adversity and challenge after challenge, God established him into a man whom God would move through mightily. He was born into a time. Ahaz was a king. Ahaz was a very wicked king. He had a wife named Jezebel. Jezebel was very wicked. She worshipped Baal and Ahasuerus, the gods of the pagans. And in that worship, she turned people away from the things of God there was great immorality. Anytime that you worship foreign gods, there will be a lot of immorality, a lot of sexual sin. So Jezebel loved that. And so Elijah stood up to that. And he would not, he would not at all bow down to the gods of this world. He stood to the God of, of the true God of eternity and when they called for him the bible says the angel of the lord said to elijah go down with him do not be afraid of him so he arose elijah arose, and he went down with him to the king and when he did he called fire from heaven and went all the other false prophets all the other false priests of baal and ahasuerus as they were there they they called and they wailed and they cut themselves because that's what that's what false religions do You, you you know where cutting come from comes from it comes from the devil So all these false religions, they cut themselves, they bled, and they danced, and they did all things. And and you know what Elijah did? He said, bring me some water. And he doused everything. He doused all the wood, all this, put water on it. And he said, okay, God, you're real. Show them. Fire consumed everything. That's the God that we serve. Amen? Amen? All these false gods around you are trying to t- t- take you, suck you out from the things of God. Tumor, real quick. Paul, his name was Saul before, not Paul Tafoya. He's a great, great man of God too, but we're talking about the Apostle Paul. He was a man that was so passionate for the lost that he would have gone through anything to win one. He said, I will become all things to all people so that I can win one soul. And in that, this is what Jesus told Ananias because he was a persecutor of the church. He was against the church. And Jesus told one of his servants, Ananias, he said, go to Paul, and then uh, the Lord said this, go, this man, Paul, is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must have adversity how many challenges how much he must suffer for my name huge adversity struggles then a prophet agabus a new testament prophet comes to him and he, and he says to him this he said uh uh A prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. He took Paul's belt and he bound his own feet and hands and said, thus says the Holy Spirit, this is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And then Paul responded and he said, I am ready not only to be imprisoned, but I'm ready even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Adversity challenge grounded are you with me the last one philip philip and he teaches me so much philip was led by the holy spirit he was a great vessel of god and he went through a lot of adversity to do so but what i learned from philip is that he was interested in the multitude Because God was, but he was also interested in that one soul. And that speaks to me today because we live in a world that we're interested in multitudes. How do I know that? How many friends do you have on Facebook? Think about it. How many of us love it when we have many followers on Twitter? How How many times do people, and for some of you it's going way over your head. But some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you gauge yourself by how many followers you have on Twitter, how m- how many likes you get on a post. By the way, <laughs> I got to share this because I said to Shauna the other day, "Babe, have you noticed that when I put a picture of me and Stephen, or I put a picture of me and uh, you and I, that I get about 80 likes? I get almost 100 likes. When I put a scripture verse, I get about 20. <laughs> Shouldn't Jesus get more?" No, I want you guys to look at that. Next time you look at one of my Facebook posts and if it's a scripture and you don't put a like, (laughs) and you put a like on this ugly mug, that's not fair. He deserves more. But think about it. How many of us are so interested about how many followers we have on Twitter? We gauge people. We gauge people. Preachers do that. It's, It's funny. Oh, this guy has... Uh, 55,000 followers on Instagram, on on Twitter. This guy has a a million friends on Facebook. A million friends. Here's the reality. Philip learned that one person is just as important to God than a multitude. Amen? I'm going to end with this scripture, and then we'll pray. The Holy Spirit said to, to... to uh, Philip rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza this is a desert place and there was an Ethiopian and guess what happened he went on there it shows us if someone will put on the screen it really the Ethiopian oh very good so he goes up there and he sits with the Ethiopian and he explains to him the scriptures and guess what happens to that Ethiopian he receives Jesus And he says, what forbids me from being baptized? And they found some water. And he got baptized. And he was added to the faith. Beloved, through adversity, through challenges, we need to be interested in that one person or the five persons or the hundred persons for the glory of God. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.